So good morning, everybody. Good to see you. So glad you're here with us today. I really hope that you'll stop by and visit with Abner and Katie before you leave today. Make sure you get some of that good coffee and get to know them better. Um, They really are a part of our church family. It's been, it's exciting for us to know that over the past five years, we've been able to go down and visit with them and help them reach their community for Christ. And so uh, we're so glad that they're able to be here. So give them a a great big epic welcome when you see them. Um, We can do it now too. That's awesome. Great. All right. Um, If you're new with us, my name is Trent. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Epic. And today we are in part two of a series that we started last week called Reset. Now, how many of you are familiar with the reset button? All right, so it can be found, yeah, okay, number of you, it can be found on computers, it can be found on smartphones, it can be found on, there's a number of technological devices that have this wonderful button. And today, with some of the newer technology, many of uh, the, the newer devices that we have actually have the reset button tied into the power button. So it's a wonderful thing, and, and it is the button that you push when you've totally screwed up your computer, you've totally messed up your phone, and you're not sure what to do with it. So you hit that button. Don't ask me how I know like what you're supposed to do when you hit that button. But when you've messed it up, and I can mess up a computer like the best person, when you've messed up your computer, you've messed up your phone, you hit that reset button, and it's supposed to take that device back to its original settings before you and I screwed it all up. Now, I thought for this series, how great it would be if we had a reset button for life. I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? You remember that person you dated in high school? Yeah, yeah, they're coming back to your mind right now, you know? That person that you wished you never would have dated. Everybody told you, why are you dating them? And you said, it's going to be great. It wasn't great. And wouldn't it be awesome to be able to hit a reset button and go back in time before you made that decision with the information that you know now and go, well, I'm not doing that again. Or guys, how about this? Remember that last thing that you said to your wife or your girlfriend that you thought was so clever? (laughs) Wouldn't it be awesome to have a reset button where you could push that and go, wait a minute, that didn't go so well. Let me try that one again. And then go back to before that stupid thing came out of your mouth and you can make sure you never say anything like that again. Or do you remember that outfit that you thought was so cool and that hairstyle that you just thought is going to stay in style forever? Yeah, some styles don't stay for very long. It would be so great to have a reset button that you could hit and know that no one will ever see that picture ever because I made a choice not to do that again. I hit the reset button. Or that business deal that you thought was going to make you millions and all that it did was uh, make you broke. You invested a lot of time and energy in that and you didn't get to where you thought you were going to be. Wouldn't it be great to have a reset button that you could hit and go back to before you lost your investment? Well, a number of years ago, maybe 18 years ago or so, my wife and I tried our hand at one of those business deals. We got involved in a network marketing kind of a thing, and there were several investment options in that company, and I thought, this is it. I mean, this is the thing that we're going to get involved in. It's going to make us millions. We'll retire early and live on a beach somewhere. And you invested, you could either invest $500 of your own money or $1,500. And obviously, the $1,500 level got you much more return. And so I, with all my persuasive skills, convinced my wife that the $1,500 level was much, a, a much wiser decision. And so we went that route and got started in this business. And two months later, the, the company went bankrupt. 
And we got stuck with a $1,500 credit card bill. And I thought, man, I wish I had a reset button. I wish I could hit that reset button and go back in time before I made that really dumb decision. Well, I think a reset button would be very helpful for many things in life. Like I said last week, many of us are hitting the reset button at this time of our lives or at this time of the year even. January is a pretty typical time that people hit the reset button and say, you know, I got to start eating better. I need to exercise more. I need to spend more time with my family. I need to spend more time with my friends or I need to work harder this year to get that promotion. I need to finish this year differently than I started at school. You know, I've got to, if I'm going to go to the next level, I want to in my education, I'm going to have to get a little bit better grades, maybe study a little bit more if I'm going to get on that team, I'm going to have to do a little bit harder work this year. So this is the time that many people are saying, you know, I've got to start over. We even do that in our relationship with God. You know, often we get to a spot and say, you know, how am I doing in my relationship with God? I'm not so sure I'm doing what I need to be doing. And so we do a little self-evaluation and there's many of us that say, you know what, I need to, to read more. I need to spend more time in prayer. I need to spend more time serving. And there's any number of things that we say, you know, I need to start over. So we're all kind of used to the starting over thing. Whether you hit the reset button to start over in, your, in some area of your life or the reset button gets hit for you. That's something that we talked about last week. You may get a, a bad medical report one day or one day a spouse may come in and say, hey, I'd like a divorce. Any number of things can happen and the reset button gets hit for us. So all of us find ourselves starting over again in life, whether we do it on purpose or it kind of gets done for us. So this series is about starting over. Now, when we are starting over and we are purposely hitting the reset button, here's what our expectation is. Our expectation is that this time around won't be like last time. Like this time's gonna be different. We don't wanna go through another relational breakup. We don't wanna go through another separation, another divorce. That was too painful. We don't wanna go through another bankruptcy. That was no fun. You know, we don't want to have an addiction ruin our lives, and we know that it can. So when we hit the reset button, we expect that this time is going to be different. This time we're going to find the right person. This time our business idea is going to take off. This time we're going to make that grade. We're going to get on that team. We're going to get that promotion. We're going to beat that addiction. We're going to fix our marriage, whatever. But here's a problem that many of us face. We hit the reset button. And then we do the exact same thing that got us into trouble in the first place. We don't do anything different. We just hit the reset button so excited about starting over. And then we do the exact same thing that got us to the place where we realized that we needed to hit the reset button. So for example, some people go from relationship to relationship thinking that they're getting in a new relationship every time, but they aren't. And then slowly they realize, you know what? This relationship looks and feels a whole lot like that last relationship I just got out of. And there are moments that uh, when we're in a situation like that where we say, like, how did that happen? Like, how did I get to this spot again? I I thought I was starting over. I thought this was a clean break, a clean start. I thought this was going to be different this time. I thought he was different. I thought she was different. How did I keep ending up in this exact same spot that I don't want to be? Now, every once in a while, someone will ask me that type of question when they're telling me their story. Here's my story, like, you know, third guy, fourth guy, you know, third girl, fourth girl. Like, I I don't know how I keep ending up with with these losers. 
And when they ask me, like, what do you think? Like, how does this, how does this keep happening? Uh, here's my answer, okay? So if you're ever curious what my answer is related to this, here it is. My answer is this. You are the common denominator in your problems, okay? Like, you're the one that keeps picking this same type of guy, same type of girl. So guess what? Your picker is broken. So we got to fix something here. Until you figure out what's broken inside of you, and until you fix that, you're going to end up with the same type of guy, the same type of girl, in the same type of situation, making the same type of decision. Doesn't matter. Things aren't going to change. Maybe a new name of a guy, new name of a girl. It's going to be the same scenario until you fix what's broken in you. Aren't you glad I'm not your counselor? All right, the reality is that we are all the common denominator in our problems, myself included. We all have the ability to make the same relationship mistakes, the same poor financial decisions, the same bad habit choices. So the question isn't, how do we start over? We all know how to do that. We're pretty good at it. We hit the reset button and think, this time's going to be great. The question is, how do we make sure that this time will be different than last time? How do we make sure that this time is really going to count and we're not going to have to hit the reset button in this specific area again? Listen to how the wisest person who ever lived answered that question. A guy by the name of King Solomon in the Old Testament part of the Bible, uh, God describes him as the wisest man who has ever lived. And in Proverbs 27, 12, listen to what he says, very profound statement. He said, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Now, we are going to spend the rest of our time together exploring what that one verse means for us today. Several thousand years later from when Solomon wrote those words, it's still very applicable to us today. Now, first, we've got to define a few things from that verse. And the first thing I'd like us to to figure out is what is a prudent person? Now, contrary to what most of us think, a prudent person is not someone who likes prunes (laughs) or drinking prune juice, you know, but that's what most of us think, isn't it? And when you think about a prudent person, I mean, even the name sounds like prunes and you're like, they're the prunes of life. I mean, why would you ever want to be a prudent person? You know, they they suck the life, the the fun out of life, the joy out of life. They're, they're boring people. You know, they've probably planned their life out to their death. I mean, they've planned the next time they're going to blink, the next time they're going to breathe. I mean, who wants to be a prudent person? The simpleton life seems so much more exciting and it is until... You hit the reset button for the 20th time and you end up in the exact same spot and can't figure out why we've ended up in that place. So a prudent person or a wise person, they look around, look around them, you know, the relationships in their neighborhood, at work, at school, and, and they try to avoid as many dangerous things in life as possible. They can't avoid every dangerous thing in life. They understand that. But they look around and say, hey, there's, there looks like danger down that path. I'm not going to go down that path. I'm going to go down a different path. There looks like danger in that relationship. 
I'm not going to go into that relationship. And there may be some things that might be fun about that relationship, but there's some dangerous things there. So I'm going to go into a different relationship. So they look around themselves and when it comes to decisions that need to be made, and they do their best to avoid dangerous situations, again, as much as possible. Now, the simpleton person, on the other hand, they laugh in the face of danger. They walk blindly through life and suffer the consequences for that. Now, just out of curiosity, how many of you would say that you know a simpleton right now? You know someone who, who keep, a lot of us know someone who keeps going through the same thing again and again. They, they can't figure out why they keep ending up in the exact same spot. Now, more personal question. How many of you would say you've been a simpleton? All right, I, I got two hands up. Like, I got, I got a leg up. I'd get the fourth one up if I could. Uh, but we all can be simpletons. We all can do the same thing again and again, thinking, hey, I'm hitting the reset button, starting over. This is going to be great, and find ourselves in the exact same place because we haven't done anything different. Now, here's the good news. We don't have to stay that way. It really is possible for us to learn to become wiser people, but we have to learn to think differently. We have to learn to think like a wiser person. Now, here's some examples for how uh, simpletons and wise people experience life. Here's some examples of the way that they interpret data and how they process that data. And it, 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 there's going to be some subtle differences. When you hear some of these statements, you're going to think, oh, that's probably true. But we're going to dig into them and you're going to understand, oh, that's not so true. There's a truth behind that that I really need to understand and hold on to. So for example, when a simpleton experiences something painful in life, they may say, this experience is going to make me wiser. Now that sounds true, but it's not true. That experience can make us older. It can make us lonelier. It can make us balder. It can make us poorer. But that experience in and of itself cannot make us wiser. Wise people understand that. They understand that learning from that experience is what makes us wiser, not just having the experience, actually learning from the experience. And we all know people who go through uh, painful experiences and end up in the exact same spot because they haven't learned from those experiences. And what do we want to say to those people? Here, here's what I want to say to those people, and I think what you want to say to your friends or people that you know that end up in the exact same spot. We want to say, like, here's the deal, bottom line, you know, cutting through all the, 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 the niceness. You keep ending up in the same spot because you're not learning from your mistakes. You're not learning from that thing that's happening to you. If you would learn from it, you would not repeat it. So why don't you take the time to learn? But most of us are too nice to say that kind of stuff. And so what do we say? Wow, you ended up in the exact same spot nine times in a row and you can't figure out how you got here. Like, I don't know either. Wow, that is really odd that you ended up in that same spot. And then when we are living like a simpleton and when we are not learning from our mistakes, guess what our friends say to us? Wow, like, I don't know how you keep ending up in that exact same spot nine times in a row. Interesting. Wow, like, I don't know how that happens. Like, just must be the luck of the draw for you. You know, you're just not a lucky person. We need people around us that'll speak truth to us. We need people around us that'll say, you know, like, hey, like, you're, you keep doing the same thing. You're not learning from 
your mistakes. Again, we all can be simpletons and we need people around us that'll speak truth so that we can learn how to become wiser people. Now, here's another thing that prudent people think or don't think, but simpletons do. It's this, since I know better, I'll do better. Since I know better, I'll do better. And at first that sounds true. Since I know better, if I go through an experience, I know better. Next time, I'm not going to do that again. I shouldn't do that again. So I know better. I'll do better. Now, when I have these conversations with my kids, um, there's usually me trying to leverage a teachable moment. There's usually something that may, they may have done that they maybe shouldn't have done. And, and next time, I'm trying to leverage this moment so that they can learn from this experience. And my kids say to me, maybe not in these words, but something like this. They go, yeah, yeah, dad, dad, I know. I know. I know the right thing to do. So I, since I know better, I'll do better. And I'm looking at them going, I'm not fully convinced that you're going to do better next time because I'm not fully convinced that you know why you ended up in the spot that you ended up. If you can't figure that out, then next time around, you're not going to do anything different. You're going to do the exact same thing again. And their eyes glaze over and their ears kind of you know, close off. And, and I, I get that look from them. And I think about my parents and the look that they got from me and the, the things that I said to them when they were trying to leverage a teachable moment. And I told them, no, I know better. Since I know better, I'll do better. Now think about it in life in general. Many of us know that smoking... A lifetime of smoking is not going to lead to a great ending to our lives. How many people smoke anyway? A bunch of people know that drinking too much is not going to lead to a good end either. And there's a bunch of people that drink too much. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we know we shouldn't do, but we do. You know, I, I knew at Christmas, I should not go back for that third helping of food. Like, I just knew. Like, you should stop here. But it tasted so good. And so I went back and suffered the consequences later for that. There are all kinds of things where we know better, but we don't do better. So just knowledge alone isn't going to help us. We actually have to turn that knowledge into action. We have to learn from our experiences, and we have to do something different next time. That's what prudent people do. They learn from that experience. They say, you know what? Now that I know better, I have to do better. Actually, have to do something different than what I normally do. And here's another thing that simpletons believe, but prudent people don't. Time is working against me. When we are tempted to believe this, we, we say things like this, like, I have got to, to get in that financial deal right now. If I don't, I'm going to miss out on this thing forever. If I don't date this guy, if I don't date this girl, like, no one's ever going to come along again. If I don't get into this situation right now, if I don't make this decision quickly, and jump into this thing, like it's going to be gone forever. Now, a prudent person knows that that's not true. It may sound true, it may feel true, but it's not true. Now, here's the truth. Time is always our friend. Always. Time is always your friend. Listen to what King Solomon wrote about this in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 2. He said, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. And I love how that's translated because when I'm thinking like a simpleton, I get in a hurry and I get kind of anxious. So years ago when I was getting into that business deal, dreaming about the millions that that my wife and I would make and being able to retire early, uh, I grabbed a credit card and I said, I'm not letting this opportunity get past us. And I swiped that card and it was declined. 
And I went, well, I'm not letting that stop me. I'm, I'm grabbing another card. So I grabbed another card and I swiped for the $1,500 and man, I was so excited. And then after I realized that we lost $1,500 and I kept looking at that, that bill that kept coming every month, uh, I realized, you know what? Time would have been my friend if I would have slowed down, if I actually would have prayed about that. Like, God, is this something that you want me to do? If I actually would have done a little bit more research, if I would have spent a little more time just really considering, God, is this a, a wise financial decision that I'm making for my family? Is this something that a wise person would do? If I would have slowed down a little bit, I would have realized that time was on my side. So enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Again, time is our friend. Now think about this from God's perspective for a moment. When does God ever tell any of us, you better hurry up and do it right now or you're gonna miss out forever? He doesn't do that in our relationships. So if you're in a dating relationship right now or wanting to be in a dating relationship or considering a dating relationship, God is not up in heaven saying, if she doesn't date this guy right now, I'm not bringing anybody else along. He's not up there saying that to a guy. Like, if, if you don't date this girl, like, that's it, I'm done. I'm, I'm through with you. I'm not bringing anybody else along that you could date. God doesn't do that. God doesn't say, you better hurry up and get into that questionable financial deal. You better hurry up, you're gonna miss out. God doesn't even do that with us in our relationship with him. God doesn't say to us, you better hurry up and get into a relationship with me. Here's what God says. Jesus said throughout the gospels, first four books of the New Testament, Jesus said, you better sit down and count the costs. If you're gonna be one of my followers, you better count the costs. Sit down and decide, you know, weigh out the pros and cons because there are some on each side and really consider what it means to be one of my followers before you make that decision. So God doesn't rush us into anything. When we understand that time is on our side, we become wiser people. Here's another way that simpletons and prudent people think differently. Simpletons sometimes think, my situation is different. Have you ever heard somebody say that? My situation is different than all the other situations that are similar to my situation? Like, my, my, my situation is just different. Now, I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings with this next statement, okay? Your situation may be unique, but you are not, okay? I did not mean that to be offensive. My story, your story, is just like someone else's story. The details may be different, and our story may be a different name, different person, different thing that's happened, but the core thing that's happening in our story has happened before, is happening now in someone else's lives, and wise people understand that. Now, you may be disagreeing with me right now. There may be a few people saying, listen, Trent, if you knew my story, like if I could come up and tell everybody my story, if you could just sit and listen to my story, you would understand why my situation is so different than everybody else's situation around me. And if you feel that way, I understand. And the reason I do is because there are moments that I think the same thing. There are moments that I, I would love to tell you, like, listen, if you knew my story, you would know why my story is so unique than all the other stories that are out there that are similar to my story. But wise people understand that that's not true. Wise people understand that our stories are so similar 
to each other. And, and your story is like somebody else's story. And there is spiritual wisdom that applies to all of our stories, regardless of what's happening in our individual stories. God has wisdom that applies to all of us. None of us can say, but I'm exempt from that. None of us can say, but that doesn't apply to me. None of us can say that. God has wisdom for all of us that apply to all of our stories. And wise people understand that. Now, here's one more way that prudent people and simpletons think differently. There are moments when a simpleton will get so discouraged with going through this reset, start over process that they will say, like, I'm never going to change. I'm never going to experience the life that God has for me. Like, this is never going to work out. I've hit the reset button so many times. I end up in the same exact spot every time. I'm just going to give up. I'm going to give up. There's no hope. I'll never change or things will never change. But the truth is we really can change. We, we really can change. Next time really can be different than last time. We don't have to keep going through the same painful experiences in life without learning from those experiences. We really can make starting over count this time around. But we have to start thinking differently. We have to think like a prudent person. We have to look around us, slow down and go, hey, time's on my side. I don't have to make this decision this quickly. I need to slow down. I need to, to understand what would a wise person do in this situation, in this relationship, in this business deal, at work, at school? What would a wiser person do here? I've got time to ask this question. I've got time to do some research and learn. Now, when you become a wiser person, when we become wiser people, that doesn't mean you got to start drinking prune juice, okay? Doesn't mean you got to start missing out on all the fun in life. But in order for us to experience something different in life, we just have to learn to think differently. We have to learn to live differently. And it is possible. That's why God has given us the wisdom of his scripture for us to learn how to do that. Now, next week, we're going to talk about something that wise people have done for thousands of years when they've needed to hit the reset button. We're going to talk about the spiritual discipline of fasting. And if you're not familiar with what biblical fasting is, it means to give up food in some amount or some type for a, a specific period of time in order to grow our relationship closer to God. It's, it's for spiritual reasons. And I know it can sound like the craziest thing ever, but biblical fasting has been used by many people uh, through, for thousands of years to get direction from God, to battle temptation, for protection, for a spiritual breakthrough, to cry out to God in a moment of deep grief, and, and maybe even some repentance. Say, God, I, I, like, I'm so sorry. I want this time to be different than last time. So fasting uh, can be used for that. We have been practicing this spiritual discipline as a church over the past five years every January. Every January, we, we take a, a couple of weeks uh, in the beginning of the year and we say, we're just gonna spend the beginning of this year focusing on our relationship with God. Saying, God, like we just wanna want you to know that you are way more important than anything else that's going on in our world. So for a couple of weeks, we're just gonna focus in on you and give you the rest of the year, knowing that you're going to take control of the rest of the year. 
Now, here's what I encourage you to do in preparation for our fast. Get a copy of our fasting preparation guide. So we put together a little guide that that can help you. If you don't know anything about fasting, it can help you get the information that you need. If you're familiar with fasting, then it can remind you of some things and getting prepared for this fast that's coming up on uh, January the 18th. So next Sunday, we're going to start that fast, going to run through January the 31st. So you can get a copy of that at our Connection Center before you leave today. There's actually a few hard copies there, and it's online as well on our website at theepicchurch.com. So get a a copy of that and uh, start reviewing that this week in preparation for our fast that starts next Sunday. And we're going to talk a lot about fasting next week, so hopefully you'll come back for that. Now, as I close today, let me circle back into our message and ask a few probing questions for all of us, okay? So right now in your life, if you would just kind of evaluate your life, where you are, your relationships, your, um, your work environment, maybe your school environment, home environment, just, just, just kind of think about your life in general right now. How would you answer this question? Are you a prudent person or are you more like a simpleton? Don't go too quickly there. Just process. Like right now. And how you're living, how you're behaving, how you're thinking. Are you thinking more like a wiser person? Or are you thinking more like a simpleton? Are you looking for danger that's around you? And are you doing everything you can to take the necessary precaution that you need to in your life? Are you walking blindly on and ending up in the same spot, wondering like, well, how do I keep ending up here? Do you keep hin- hitting the reset button in your life and ending in this, this, the same scenario with the same type of person in the same situation, making the same decision, suffering the same kind of consequences? If so, maybe right now in this season of your life, you're living more like a simpleton. But again, you don't have to stay that way. We don't have to stay that way. You and I really can learn to become wiser people. We can learn from our experiences. Instead of just knowing the right thing to do, we can actually do the right thing. We can actually know that time's on our side. We don't have to rush in and make that decision. We actually have time to slow down and research and pray and process and get input from other trusted people. We don't have to make a quick, rash decision. Why? Because that makes mistakes. So we really can slow down and become wiser people. Now, I'm going to pray, and then our worship team is going to come out and sing a closing song for us. And as they do, what I'd like you to do during that song is just process some of those questions and allow God to speak to you. Ask God to speak to you during this song. Ask him to to say whether or not right now you're living more like a, a wise person or a simpleton, and then ask God to teach you this week how to live more like a wiser person. So let's pray together. Lord, I'm so grateful for the wisdom that you provide us in Scripture. Lord, Proverbs uh, has a lot of wisdom to offer us. And Lord, you you say that wisdom shouts from the, the, the mountaintops and invites us to come in. You want us to learn how to become wiser people. You want us to know that when we hit that reset button, this time really can be different than last time. We really don't have to go through that painful experience again. We really don't have to uh, learn from every hard experience in life because we keep making those mistakes. We can learn from other people. We can learn to slow down. 
We can learn from our experiences. We can actually do better because we're actually learning better. So I just pray for all of us this morning that you would speak powerfully to us through this song and Lord, throughout the rest of this week as we uh, process this information that we've learned today. We don't want to be simpletons. We want to be wiser people. We want to learn from you. We want our ears to be open, our hearts to be open. So Lord, we ask that you would speak. And Lord, above that, we ask that we would listen and we would do what you are guiding us to do so we can learn to live like the wiser people you want us to be. So Lord, I pray that you would speak powerfully to us today through this song and this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning and welcome to Epic. How's everybody doing today? That's a little more enthusiasm than that. Come on, wake up here. Three cups of coffee, let's go. Uh, my name is Cody Anderson, and I am the leader of our student ministry surge here at Epic. So if you could grab those sheets next to you, the announcement sheets. I have a few things to go over before Trent comes out and we get started with our reset series. Now, if you're new with us today, we're so happy you're here. If you could, on your way out, just stop by the Connection Center over as you walk out. We'd love to personally meet you and answer any questions that you may have about Epic. So we have our small group environment starting up here shortly. And if you've never been a part of a small group, we would love for you to jump into Starting Point. Now, what Starting Point is, it's a 10-week conversational environment to where you get to learn a little bit about the story of God as, ex- as well as experience community. So if you're interested in that, uh, we're going to be having a meeting after both services on the 25th, and you can sign up in back with Tim. He'll be in the back there. He'll have a sign-up sheet, or you can go online at theepicchurch.com. So here at Epic, we love to give of our time, our talents, and our resources to be able to help change lives. Of, of families, um, as well as make that pathway for people to gain a relationship with Jesus. So if you call Epic your home and you would love to partner with us, there's two ways that you could do that. You could do that online at theepicchurch.com, or you have the giving boxes, which are directly behind you. So we have another way that you can give. It's a little different, but go ahead and check out this video. Woohoo! Yeah, clap for that. That's good stuff. So we have a little treat from you, for you. Uh, we have a couple friends of ours, Abner and Katie, that came all the way from Guatemala to visit us. So if you could, give them an epic welcome for us. Very cool. So they are actually on staff with our partner, our partner church down in Antigua, Guatemala, Iglesias del Camino. Um, and they are here in the States for a short period of time, a couple weeks, I think three weeks, right? Um, and they're traveling around, visit churches, friends, family. And we wanted to give them the opportunity to not only introduce uh, them to you, um, as well as maybe ask them a couple questions. So a lot of you may already know them, but I would love for all of you to know them and take that trip to Guatemala to be able to see them and their friends out there. So thank you for joining us, Abnar and Katie. Yeah, thank you for having us here. Very cool. Very cool. So um, Abnar, I have a question for you we could start out with here. Um, now tell us a little bit about your involvement at Iglesias del Camino and what is IDC's heartbeat and ro- what role do you two play there? Well, for our church there in IDC is uh, first is loving God and then loving people. And we do it, loving people through, you know, taking the gospel to the people and bringing some teams that are willing to come and be part, you know, with us. And what we do in IDC is that we are the youth directors there. 
and I'm the worship leader too. And sometimes, you know, when they need more help on the mission department, we help with the groups that are coming uh, to help with our church together. Very cool. And I definitely have a heart for the youth as well as you do. So very important on that aspect. Thank you very much for that. So Katie, you're next. You can hand it over. Awesome. Thank you. So um, Katie, what does it mean to have churches like ours go over there? And what kind of impact can we help make over there? Well, I think about Paul when I think about short-term mission trips, because that's what he did. He traveled around and encouraged the believers. Um, He worked alongside of them. Um, I believe that when a person comes on a short-term mission trip, um, their purpose is to serve the community. But also, if you come with that right heart attitude of of giving a boost of support and encouragement to the missionaries that are already there doing it, you just help them... um, be effective for their long, long haul sprint. Let's say you're a sprinter and they're a long distance runner. So you're just cheering us on, helping us what God's called us to do there. And then also, it's a great way for the body of Christ just to grow and be encouraged because you come back excited about missions. You come back excited about what maybe you could do with your neighbors or with your church. And we're all called to do something. So it's just a great way in so many different ways to encourage us to greater works, to um, being a better blessing for the kingdom of God. And you get to help some great kids. You get to help maybe build a house for someone. You get to share the gospel in so many tangible ways. And it's a great way to stretch yourself and make yourself uh, get to see what God can do through you when you just surrender to him and say, I don't think I have any talents, but do what you want. You'll be amazed. And it's a really great experience to have him do that through you. So, Very cool. Thank you very much. And we are one of uh, hundreds of uh, teams that go over there to help them. So they're making a huge impact in the community around Antigua. And it's very cool that we get to be a part of what they're doing. And they're such a blessing over there. And we just thank them for everything they do. Thank you for coming here and hanging out with us. And uh, and they're going to be in the back. So if you haven't had an opportunity to meet them yet, go in the back. You can say hi to them. If you uh, already met them, you can go back and say hi to them too. They will have some coffee. I know First Service actually bought them out of most of their coffee. They have a couple bags left. Um, and what they tell me is that they took out all the bad, bad beans and sent them to uh, Starbucks. So the coffee is amazing out there. They only do have a few bags, but if you could help them out uh, and give this any type of donation, that is actually helping the cost of their travels um, and what they're doing over here. So I know you guys are epic and you always go above and beyond what we ever ask. Now, we talking about Guatemala, we have two trips going on this summer to Antigua, Guatemala, um, and they're going to be in July. So on January 18th, we're going to be having uh, meetings, informational meetings after both services. Um, so you'll uh, have to sign up for that on theepicchurch.com. But also we have a little twist on that. On the first mission that we're going on, it's going to be a medical mission, which is really, really cool. That's a change up for us, but a huge impact over there. So if you're interested in that, um, I know we have uh, meetings after both services on the 18th. After the second service, they'll give a little more information about the medical aspect on that one. So if you have any medical background, that would be really cool if you could partner with us. Like I said, I would love to have every single one of you go on a mission trip over there and be an impact and bring it back with you and be an impact here. Very, very cool. So I would love to pray for you both before we head out and Trent comes out. Um, I'll go ahead and take that mic from you if you guys step over here. And let's go ahead and pray for them and what they're doing over Antigua, Guatemala, um, and send them out um, on the rest of their trip. So Father, I just thank you for these hearts, Lord. Um, These hearts of compassion, 
uh, and just give them guidance for what they're doing over there, Lord. And, uh, and just keep on blessing them with the resources, the family, and the friends that they need to be able to go over there and make a huge difference, Lord, the same difference we're trying to make here in creating relationships with you, Lord. I just ask that if anybody's questioned why they shouldn't go over there or why they should go over there, I, I ask you to point out why they shouldn't go over there. Lord, we need everybody to go over there and be able to help make an impact, Lord, um, because it's just for your glory to be able to help them out and create relationships with you, Lord. So I ask that you just press that upon our hearts, soften us to where we need to be able to go over there and make an impact, Lord. And I ask that you keep them safe on the rest of their trip uh, with their two children. I ask that you just bless them with safe travels and guidance and be able to meet up with some other teams that will help them out as well. So Lord, I ask that you just help us uh, guide us and keep us focused through today's message as Trent teaches us how to reset our lives, Lord. So be with us today. Join us in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.